DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with Tan Books, presents Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Dr. Thickpen is an internationally known speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning journalist who has published 43 books in a wide variety of genres and subjects, including The Rapture Trap, A Catholic Response to End Times Fever, and The Manual for Spiritual Warfare, the book on which this series is based. In 2008, Dr. Thickpen was appointed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to their National Advisory Council. He has served the Church as a theologian, historian, apologist, evangelist, and catechist in a number of settings, speaking frequently in Catholic and secular media broadcasts and at conferences, seminars, parish missions, and scholarly gatherings. Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Let's talk about having something blessed. What is the origin of that, and how is that done? Well, it's, uh, you know, there's certain blessings that, that anyone, any Christian can pray. So when we bless our food, that would be one example. Uh, a parent blessing a child. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, all of us in simple ways, like when I always say, God bless you when someone sneezes, asking God's blessing. So there's, you know, at that level, there's certain blessings that we, we can all pray and that Christians have from the beginning. Um, and, and before, when I think about the Jewish people, you look in the Psalms and there's a beautiful psalm that says, the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you from Zion. And may you see the prosperity um, of God's people all, all the days of your life. And, uh, and there, there are all kinds of examples where you're, the psalmist is blessing others. And, um, and the psalmist isn't necessarily a, a, you know, a priest in that situation. So uh, the notion that something can be set apart for God, consecrated, you know, is the technical word, but set apart for God, for God's service and uh, under his protection is, uh, I think, at the heart of the notion of blessing. So we, we bless our food. And what we're saying is, God, this came from you. We give it back to you. And we ask you to, uh, to, to in a sense, set it apart, especially to make us strong so that we ourselves can be blessed to do your work. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. Um, same with children, you know, asking God's protection, asking God's direction, all those other things. I've, I've given my, from the time my children were, were born, I gave them a, a blessing, a father's blessing, uh, barring the words from the book of Numbers, a blessing that Aaron, the high priest, used to give to the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, the Lord, and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so my kids have had that all their lives. It's a daily thing at, at uh, bedtime. So those are wonder, all wonderful blessings. But then, of course, there are certain blessings that only a, um, a priest can do. And, uh, and some of the blessings we've, we've talked about in the rites, for instance, uh, the kind of blessing that uh, is given when someone comes forward uh, and will not be at, at mass, will not be receiving the Eucharist, but can receive a, a blessing from a clergyman there. Um, other kinds of blessings than that, just like other prayers that are reserved, especially for the clergy. It's uh, really quite wonderful for us to be able to have those type of blessings. And if we have the chance to really hear what is being said by the one who is conferring that blessing, it, it some of the most beautiful sentiments, but also some of the most powerful invocations of the Holy Spirit to to dwell and to protect and to defend and 
it's beyond lovely. It's it, it's just a glorious, isn't it? It is. And again, the the words are so important. It's uh it's lovely to be able to say God bless you is a simple thing and then let that include whatever God will wills to bless. But when you have these specifics in many situations that have been given to us by the church, and like you said, we pay attention to what's being said and we realize what the prayer is uh the church church's prayer is asking God to do for us. Uh, wow. Makes you want to jump up and holler. <laughs> you know, like, That's wonderful. Thank you. Please, please. Yes. I'll take that more and more, please. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's about the incredible presence of the holy and surrounding the particular thing. And I'm, I'm leading towards the blessing that is conferred upon holy water. Holy water is one of those resources that we have. And many of the saints, many of them, I'm just thinking of Teresa of Avila right off the top of my head, but way beyond that, in holy water being an important sacramental for us to have in our lives. They do. Yeah, I guess some examples in the book, but uh, holy water is the one that probably you know, is most significant of the, of the accounts that I have looked at. Uh, but also crucifix, and and also like Saint John Vianney and others talk about the sign of the cross. But um, holy water is is so powerful because it, uh, like the sign of the cross, but in an even more powerful way, it does uh, remind us of our baptism and reconnect us to our baptism. And if, uh, and as I said in the book, when you're looking at each sacrament uh, that the church has given us, the Lord has given us through the church, has a particular kind of spiritual warfare that it does. And the the particular role of baptism is uh, to use uh, the words of St. Paul, that it's, it's through that that we were rescued out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his marvelous light. That it's as if we were born in enemy captivity, in, in original sin. And through baptism, the Lord rescues us out of that enemy territory, takes us like a special forces unit, you know, rescues us, mm-hmm. takes us back home. To, to the land where, where we're free and, uh, and where we belong. And so holy water connects us to that event in our lives, that baptism that rescued us from the power of darkness in the first time, the first time in the first place. And um, again, that's, that's something very offensive and repelling to the enemy. From the writings of St. Teresa of Avila, as found in the Manual for Spiritual Warfare. I was in an oratory, St. Teresa recalled, when Satan, in an abominable shape, appeared on my left hand. I looked at his mouth in particular, because he spoke, and it was horrible. A huge flame seemed to issue out of his body, perfectly bright, without any shadow. He spoke in a fearful way, and said to me that, though I had escaped out of his hands, he would yet lay hold of me again. I was in great terror, made the sign of the cross as well as I could, and then the form vanished. But it reappeared instantly. This occurred twice. I did not know what to do. There was some holy water at hand. I took some, threw it in the direction of the figure. Then Satan never returned. Another time, and not long ago, the same thing happened to me, though it did not last so long, and I was alone at the moment. I asked for holy water, and they came in after the devil had gone away. They were two nuns, worthy of all credit, and would not tell a lie for anything. They perceived a most offensive smell, 
like that of brimstone. I smelled nothing myself, but the odor lasted long enough for them to smell it. On yet another occasion, I thought the evil spirits would have suffocated me one night. But when the sisters threw a lot of holy water all around, I saw a great troop of them rush away as if falling over a cliff. May this that I have written be used to the true servant of God, who ought to despise these terrors, which Satan sends only to make him afraid. Let him understand that each time we dispense these terrors, their force is lessened. The soul gains great power over them. When we overcome them, there is always some great good obtained. I wish to relate what follows, for I was greatly alarmed at it. On Trinity Sunday, in the choir of a certain monastery, and in a trance, I saw a great fight between evil spirits and the angels. I could not make out what the vision meant. In less than two weeks, however, it was explained clearly enough by the dispute that took place between persons given to prayer and many who were not, which did great harm to that house, for it was a dispute that lasted long and caused much trouble. On another occasion I saw a great multitude of evil spirits round about me, and at the same time a great light in which I was enveloped, which kept them from coming near me. I understood it to mean that God was watching over me, that they might not approach me so as to make me offend him. I knew the vision was real by what I saw occasionally in myself. The fact is, I know how little power the evil spirits have, provided I am not out of the grace of God. I have scarcely any fear of them at all, for their strength is as nothing if they do not find that the soul they assail give up the contest and become cowards. It is in this case that they show their power. We are able to be able to go to our local parish to be able to obtain holy water. I would say that most people would have access. If, if not readily available, they could ask their pastor or ask the sacristan if the church will have some in reserve for you to be able to take home. And I know that my husband will on occasion put it in even a, a mister of some sort to be able to go around the house on occasion when we feel that it's necessary and be able to confer that that wonderful opportunity for blessing in the home. That's something that others can do as well, can't they, Paul? Of course. You know, we can we can all use the holy water and we can all um we we have it in different I'll sprinkle it in different rooms of our house at times. Um put it on the put it on the children. They're all grown now, but mm-hmm. when they were small on certain occasions. Um I've, I've placed it on my you know, my desk, my computer, all kinds of things. I just want, by, by that act of faith, I want myself to be disposed to the grace that God has uh, to pour out through the prayers of the church and all those situations and all those places. There is uh, other sacramentals like that. Uh, there's blessed salt. That might be something that is available and accessible for the lay faithful to have in their homes as well. Yes, and you know, salt is an ancient uh, symbol of Jesus talked about how we're the salt of the earth, but it's a, when he said that we're an ancient symbol of uh, salt is an ancient symbol of of preservation. Um, you would salt meat to keep it from going bad, and so that's one important thing. But uh, um, 
Also, he talks about salt losing its savor. Uh, salt is kind of a, a symbol of of uh, of enhancing the goodness of something. So uh, we're just as we're to be salt, and blessed salt itself has uh, has become uh, from from ancient times, I believe, the uh, a sacramental of the church. So all the power that it that comes from it be, having been blessed when it becomes a sacramental is joined to that powerful symbolism as well of what that we ourselves are supposed to be uh, salt of the earth and um, and and of preservation and of purity. Salt was always used, sometimes used to cleanse as well. We have to be careful about dancing on a line that takes us into an area of superstition. And for, wouldn't you say that that's an important thing for us to be aware of, Paul? It is. Uh, I, and I remember before I was Catholic, so many people I knew would accuse Catholics of superstition because they did things like this. Um, and I remember reading, you know, scholars of sociology of religion who in the early times would compare, they would say Catholic rituals, basically just a new form of magic and practice. Um, but of course, the difference, there's, there are a lot of differences. One is that um, the power of magic, if it has any power, uh, either it's not there or it comes from the devil, um, of genuine ma- you know, magic, uh, whereas the power of, of a sacramental comes from God, uh, but also in our attitude toward it. And uh, we don't we don't put our trust in the object or the action itself as if in itself it can do anything. But we recognize that by that action and by those words or by that object, if we are disposed uh, to be you know, in faith, that it's putting us in touch with that power of God, that grace of God that comes through the prayers of the church. And if we understand that, that helps us stay away from being superstitious, that we, um, we don't look at you know, an object as, as like a what I'm looking for, an amulet or something like that, like uh-huh. the pagans used to use. That's that's really a, it's really a very big difference. Um, I mean, just like there's a huge difference between saying that the words and holy sacred words and actions and the mass of, of consecration that the, when transubstantiation happens, the body, the, the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Yeah, that's not magic either, um, but it's a similar kind of thing that because God has chosen to work through these material things, then his power can flow through them, uh, can reside in them the way that it does in the sacraments, or can become an occasion for us to receive them by faith as it is with sacramentals. It's not magic at all. We'll return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. The Memorari Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, 
that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. We have to bear in mind, don't we, Paul, that we can place a blessed crucifix on the wall of our family room. We can take holy water and sprinkle it in that room. We can even have amounts of blessed salt around that. But if we sit down on the couch and turn on a television and and play really offensive, dangerous movies, if we what if we invite people or our things into the home that can lead us down in not only through temptation, but may even open up other type of portals, then all those blessed objects, I mean, what can they do? Because we still have our free will. That's right. And, you know, when the catechism says that that the sacramentals, um, are through them we are disposed to receive grace of God, I think that's that's what we're getting at here. Because when you do those kinds of things, then you are turning away from that grace that we're, the sacraments dispose us, they incline us, they position us, they serve as an occasion for us to receive the grace. But if we do the other things, we're turning our back on that grace. So how is it going to help us? They're not magical that they have you know, power in themselves. It has to, they have to be joined to the, our faith and our willingness to be disposed toward God, to be inclined toward him, to be oriented uh, toward him. They s- strengthen a culture of holiness, not only in our hearts, but in our homes, don't, don't they? <laughs> Yes, because by one thing they remind us. You know, they become reminders all the time. Our our home is just full of <laughs> all kinds of blessed objects, crucifixes and statues of saints and uh, Saint Benedict medals and uh, pictures of of our, our Lord and Our Lady and um, and other things. And and I walk into a room and sometimes I think you know it, it will remind me right away of this family of saints that I have. My office especially is full of them. And um, and so it does dispose me, you know, if I cooperate with it, to to be have a lively awareness of this family of God, of their power, powerful prayer on my behalf, of my becoming part of, of that family that is seeking to one day be face-to-face with God. 
Whereas if I had other things around, uh, I'm not saying other things are necessarily bad, but certainly if I had you know, not such good stuff around, it, it would develop a culture, a mindset within me that would be so very different from that. Um, and, and in my, in my case, even if we just have a, a picture of you know, beautiful landscape or something hanging on the wall, it's part of our, um, becomes part of our culture that we cultivate to look at that with the eyes of faith, to look at that and not just say that's beautiful, but look at it and say it reflects the beauty of our creator. Oh, I think that's so beautifully said. Uh, it, it is not only you know, those images that we place in our homes and, and around us. I mean, the, the, the things that we uh, clothe ourselves with. And in that re regards, that's where uh, many people love metals. I am a metal girl. Got to let you know that, Paul. I love the metals. I, I, I love the, the things that just kind of, they become our lay vestiture in some ways. You're talking to one, too. I'm just counting. Yeah. I've got, I've got, it's all on the same chain, but I've got four medals here and a crucifix around my neck. Yep, me too. <laughs> yeah, including a St. Benedict medal, very important in spiritual warfare. And I... Um, yeah, I've just even when you know, even before I was Catholic, I, I was so attracted to the sacramentality of the Catholic faith, that 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 God would use matter as a vehicle of the spiritual, you know, and a sign, and and in the case of sacraments, as an actual vehicle of of the spiritual, and um, because it, it resonated with me, because you know, at some basic level, I realized that I'm not just spirit; I'm also body. That my my soul and my body together make one human nature, and um, and so so it's part of God's mercy and His accommodation to us that instead of just having something, you know, in our minds, that He also uses these things that we, you know, that make up the matter of sacraments and make up the matter, so to speak. I don't know if it's a technical term, but of sacramentals. What a grace that is to us. It's really quite wonderful. I mean, it, it, as you said, I, I too also have the great St. Benedict medal. I, there is something so special about that ancient medal that was passed down to us and the message that it has. It sums it all up, doesn't it? It is. St. Benedict himself was such a champion in spiritual warfare. This um, I'm actually working on a new book called Saints Who Battle Satan. It's going to take the section of the manual on the saints and expand it into a, a full book because there's so much so much more to to talk about that I didn't have room to talk about in that book, but his his medal is is actually been nicknamed the devil chasing medal medal, mm. and uh, just have you know, very powerful emblems on them, uh, the initials of the Latin words um, in an ancient prayer against the evil one, which begins uh, in Latin get back Satan in English get back Satan in Latin vade retro satana, and it's similar to Jesus command get behind me Satan. Then the rest of the prayer says, "Never, uh, let's see, never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself." And that goes back to a story, and I think in Saint Benedict's life, where his enemies tried to, to poison him. But there are other things. It's, it's a beautiful medal. People ought to just Google it and look online and, and look at all the details of the letters and the, the cross that's on there and the emblem of Saint Benedict. We actually I used that in a situation um, once where I was in a um, a university or college-related building that uh, was having problems with demonic infestation that uh, had resulted apparently from the previous, we had just bought the building, from the previous owners or occupants uh, having 
trying to practice magic in the rooms. And um, and that's one of the things we did. I went with the priest, holy water in all the rooms, the prayer of, uh, of blessing. And then we had blessed St. Benedict medals put over every door of every room. And um, that was the end of it. No more problem with infestation. And I, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm guessing you're like me. I always have a rosary in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I don't know how many I've got, but there's, mm-hmm. they seem to be everywhere. You know, in my car, in my pocket, in my, uh, around the office. Uh, what a powerful, powerful sacramental in this regard, because it is Our Lady who's crushed, you know, th- through her fiat, uh, through her saying yes to God in faith, that she would bear the Son of God, that she became the vessel for bringing the Son of God into the world. Uh, his humanity was taken from her humanity. And and through him, she crushed the serpent under her heel. And the Lord has given her a special role in spiritual warfare through the ages. And, uh, you know, we've, you hear from some modern exorcists, have, you know, have actually said um, that in exorcism, they've heard demons respond to someone praying a Hail Mary saying, you know, I hate that. Don't say it. When you say pray that prayer, it's like uh, someone's hitting me with a hammer in the head. And uh, so it is such a powerful prayer. What, I mean, what other? There are many other reasons to pray a rosary, but that one alone should be enough for us to be praying the rosary often. That's it. I mean, if it's not just the beads on the chain, it's holiness, and you are instantly your whole being should be drawn back into Our Lady's Garden of Prayer. She become you. You hold on to it, and it draws you into that remembrance that it, it it's a part of who you are. If you're just Taking a, uh, the beads and just thinking, okay, they're battling the, the evil. We're losing out on just uh, something really quite special. We again, it's like we said, you, you, the sacramentals effects come to us. They, they dispose us to the graces of God, but we have to be disposed. We have to be open to those things. And you know, the rosary's the same way. I mean, I. I can imagine if I were in a situation where uh, I had an encounter with a demonic power and I had a rosary, I probably just right away would <laughs> grab it and mm-hmm. hold it out. But not in that case, it wouldn't be that I thought, oh, okay, the beads in themselves have some power. Mm-hmm. But in that case, in that action, I would be basically saying to the enemy, I have prayed this you know, <laughs> thousands of times and Our Lady is present with me through that prayer. And you got to stop in your tracks. You're terrified of her. It would be an expression of faith itself that, you know, that I would be, be confronting him with the rosary because because of what it means to me. Not that it's a group of beads, but because it has been, a, uh, like you say, a beautiful garden of prayer for me for years and years. And how beautiful in Chapter 10 in the Manual of Spiritual Warfare that you take a beautiful meditative track for the spiritual battle with the rosary. It, again, it was it was one of those things where I was I'm saying to myself as I'm writing the book, okay, what can I take? How can I take all the things that we know to do already, that are kind of essentials or at least you know fundamentals of the Christian Catholic life, and look at them in light of spiritual warfare? And one of the first things I thought of is, what about the Rosary? You know, we pray the Rosary and we have all kinds of wonderful meditations out there. What would it be like to look at every one of the mysteries of the Rosary, the you know the joyful and the luminous and the sorrowful and the glorious, every one of those those mysteries, and look at it in the light of spiritual warfare, of what our Lord has done or what Our Lady did 
or what can be done in us and through us. And it, it, it was a revolutionary thing for me to, to sit down and to, and to consider every one of the mysteries with that reflection in mind. It's very powerful. It's just very powerful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I pull it out in those kind of instances, Paul, because it's like my emergency line to mama. I just <laughs> I, I pull it. I'm, I'm holding up my rosary, and I'm like, okay, uh, blessed mother, I turn to you. And we've talked about her before, and we'll talk about her more in the future. But again, in this in this particular conversation on uh, Know Your Weapons, we've been talking about sacramentals. But any final thoughts? Simply that uh, one thing sacramentals should remind us of is, is that God's presence is everywhere. And that if we have the sacramentals everywhere, that, that'll be a reminder for us. And, uh, and that prayer, it's the prayer of the church that gives the, its power to, um, to us through the sacramental. And it should be a reminder, to, it should call us to prayer again and again. The side of the rosary, the side of the crucifix, um, the blessing of food, it should just be calling us to prayer. Because it's the only sure, safe way, surely safe way to, to be uh, protected from the enemy is to be hidden deep in God, to be hidden deeply in Christ. And prayer is the way to do that. So sacramentals, always join them with prayer. And there's so many of them, aren't there? We don't need anything new, really. I mean, what's new <laughs> under the sun? The church has provided so much for us. It's true. It's one of the things I love so much about the church. I, I, I describe it in one of my books as a big mansion that when I became Catholic. The Lord said, Jesus came to me and said, okay, I'm going to take you home. Here's your new, you know, here's your house that's been waiting for you all along. And, and I go in and I start discovering one room after another of so many treasures. Um, you know, the, the family room with the pictures of all the saints that, that, that are my family members. And, and of course, the dining room, which was the, the Eucharist, the banquet table of the Lord and, and all the rooms. And, and I feel like after it's been 23 years now, I am still discovering rooms full of treasure uh, that the church has for us. And, and I am so grateful. Oh, thank you so much, Paul Thickpen. Thank you. God bless you and all your listeners. You've been listening to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or download the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen.